rescuing hand. And so if you think of God's miraculous power to rescue, there's a few really classic biblical stories that come to mind. The, the first one being, uh, that came to my mind, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, which of course is in Daniel 3. And so, hey, we'll jump back one. There we go. So Daniel 3, you know the story. They didn't bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And so their punishment was execution by getting thrown into a fiery furnace. And so they get thrown on in, and they don't die. Instead, they wander around quite happily. Uh, an angel of God turns up in there, and then King Nebuchadnezzar calls them out. And in, uh, they walk back out of, the, out of this furnace. And in Daniel 3, verse 27, it says, Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. God's miraculous intervention. Uh, then we've got uh, Daniel 6. Uh, and so just three chapters later, Daniel also ends up, his punishment is execution. And so he's going to get thrown into a pit full of hungry, ravenous lions. So he gets thrown on in. You know the story well. He sits in there quite comfortably all night. The king comes the next morning and he says, no, I'm completely fine. God shut the mouths of the lions. We hear that story and we're like, yeah, yeah, we've heard it since we were kids. But can you imagine getting thrown into a room of tigers or lions or venomous snakes? God shut the mouths of the lions and miraculously rescued. He miraculously intervened. Um, another one, there's a, in the book of Esther, uh, there's, the whole book of Esther is about God miraculously rescuing his people. But there's another story inside of it, which is the story of Mordecai. In um, Esther chapter, chapters 5 through to 7, so Mordecai... Um, he's, or there's the, Haman, who's the second in charge of the land, um, he, uh, he hates Mordecai, and he sets up a massive sharpened pole, and he is going to impale Mordecai on it the next morning. So Mordecai is about 12 hours from death, and in the stories in that chapters, God miraculously turns it around to the point where Haman ends up having to lead Mordecai on the king's horse in the king's robe, leading him through the city, shouting out, this is what the king does to the man he wants to honor. And God miraculously turned it around, and by the next evening, Haman himself is the one impaled on his own pole. God's miraculous intervention in what seems to be an impossible situation. Yeah. So now grab your Bibles and we're going to look at another one. So those were three examples from the Old Testament. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 12, starting at verse 5. And we're going to read about Peter's um, miraculous escape from prison. So Acts chapter 12, verse 5. It says, But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on his side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought, he was, it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel suddenly left him. 
Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do for me. How amazing would that be? So you see, God's rescuing hand in the Old Testament. God has this long history of rescuing people from seemingly impossible situations. But now in the New Testament, Peter miraculously rescued from prison and released. God's miraculous intervention. Now come with me and let's go look at the first two verses of this chapter. Acts 12. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. I thought God did miraculous interventions. Why did James die and Peter get rescued? In the same chapter. God has this long history of rescuing people miraculously. Why did James die? Well, when you study the scriptures deeply enough, you come to a very clear answer. We don't know. That's the answer. Imagine being in the church when James was killed, because they didn't yet know that Peter was going to be released. James has been killed, one of the apostles. Imagine the heartbreak, the disappointment. I wonder if they were tempted to change their theology to match their experience. Maybe we know that God rescued people miraculously in the olden days. Maybe God doesn't do it anymore. James got killed. But instead of doing that, we saw in verse 5, they prayed earnestly for Peter, and they saw a miraculous intervention, Peter miraculously released from prison. So here's my question for today's message. How often do we let the disappointments and questions of the past rob us of faith to believe for miracles today? What if the church had lost their faith in miracles because James died? How often do we get stuck with the disappointment of James? So I wonder, what does James represent for you? Maybe it's a prayer that hasn't been answered. Maybe you prayed for someone and they weren't healed. Maybe you're waiting for healing in your own body. Maybe someone died. What does James represent for you? Because we, we start to ask why. Why did, why did James die? Why wasn't this person healed? Why, why did that person die? Why was James killed and, and, and Peter rescued? And I found the only good answer to all these type of why questions is, I don't know. In order to have faith for miracles today, we have to package up all those questions of why, the disappointments, and hand it over to God and say, God, I give this to you because I don't know why. And I'm going to choose to live with mystery. Because when we choose to live with mystery, we can say, look, I don't know, 
But I tell you what I do know. I know that God does miracles and I'm not going to stop believing that. I know that God heals. And all these questions of why and these disappointments that I don't understand, well, I hand them over to him in faith and I choose to live with mystery because I'm going to choose not to let the disappointment of James rob me of believing for the miracle of Peter. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, that says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a bronze mirror. I've inserted bronze in there because we can see quite clearly in our mirrors, but back in those days, there was a bronze mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then... I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. There is so much we don't know now. So much. Why do some get healed and others not? I don't know. But I've become okay with that answer, with saying, I don't know. But I tell you what I do know, I know that God heals today. I know that there are miracles, and I'm not going to let the disappointments of the past stopped me from believing for miracles today, for fresh expectations of miracles. So what questions do you have? What disappointments do you have that you need to release to God in order to take on fresh expectation of miracles today? What do you need to release to God? Someone who had... um, who didn't let the disappointments of the past rob him of believing for miracles, was uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Incredible healing evangelist in the early 1900s. Um, absolutely amazing ministry throughout the UK, US, uh, and New Zealand and Australia came as well. Uh, when you start to read, like there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people miraculously healed through his ministry. We're talking, so deaf ears opened, um, bronchitis healed, asthma healed, arthritis, um, people who were paralyzed, people who were in wheelchairs getting up and walking. There was one woman in Australia who had been unable to walk for 61 years, got healed in one of his meetings. A demon possessed, set free. Um, All sorts of issues with joints and and back pain and just pain in general, um, lengthening of legs to the right length, um, ulcers, blind eyes being healed. He even saw people raised from the dead. In his ministry, he saw at least 14 people raised from the dead. How amazing is that? Smith Wigglesworth, for at least three years, had acute gallstones during ministry. Why didn't God heal him of gallstones? He didn't know. He handed it over to God with mystery. But he did not let that stop him from ministering and praying and seeing incredible miracles. He did not let that dampen his faith at all because he still knew God healed, God would heal through him, and God did incredible miracles, including healing people of gallstones while he was praying for them. Mystery. I don't know why. But what do you choose to focus on? Do you choose to focus on him having gallstones or do you choose to focus on the tens of thousands of people miraculously healed by his ministry? 
We've got to choose to hand things over to mystery and not let the disappointments of James rob us from believing for the miracles of Peter. So there, there are so many verses in the Bible about healing. Uh, and we're, we're not going to look at a lot of them, but you know, in Matthew 9, 35, it says, it tells about Jesus going through all the villages and teaching, and he says, it proclaims the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And I'm sure you can think uh, just of lots of stories of Jesus healing people. And then in, in Matthew 10, verse 8, Jesus commands his disciples to go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. It's this really strong theme of the New Testament, is the ministry of healing. In John 14, um, Jesus says, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That's pretty clear. And in Acts, okay, so what happened when Jesus left earth? Well, let's look in the book of Acts. You can see that that's exactly what the disciples did. So many amazing miracles recorded throughout the book of Acts. People operating in the power that Jesus gave them. So, I have a question. Does God do miracles? Here's a scale for you. No? And yes. It's quite easy. Does God do miracles? Okay. Let me define these a little bit more. No means... I don't believe in miracles. Yes means, yes, God does miracles through me regularly. Oh, that's a bit harder, isn't it? Okay, let's put a few more things on the scale. If we start to get the no end, here's some, I, I think, yeah, look, I believe that God can do miracles, but honestly, I, I, feel, I feel a bit skeptical. Now, this might be that you hear testimonies and you go, cool, but inside you're like, Really? That's a place that, honestly, about four years ago, I was. I've seen so many miracles throughout my life, but then when I hear of people praying for the sick and um, see miracles, I'm like, in my heart, it started to go, really? So that, that was me. It's a place that you could, maybe you're at and you need to adjust. Or maybe you say, yeah, I believe God does miracles, but I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck because of... I haven't received a healing. I'm stuck because I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed. I'm stuck because those things we talked about before. Maybe, maybe someone died. What's caused you to get stuck where you say, I, I used to believe, I, I kind of still believe, but I'm, I'm feeling stuck. Maybe you say, absolutely God does miracles, but ooh, through me? Oh, that's a bit harder to believe. Can I pray for someone? Oh, no, no. Some, uh, Sheridan can pray. He's the pastor. You know, Sheridan can pray for someone. But me? Or maybe you're saying, look, I believe, I believe God can do miracles through me, but man, <laughs> that chicken line is a bit hard to cross. I get afraid when I come to pray for someone. Like, what if God doesn't heal them when I pray? Or maybe you say, yes, God does miracles through me occasionally. So where are you on the scale? Just ha have a look at that. For me, I'm somewhere between believe and afraid, and yes, through me occasionally, I'm seeing miracles, and I'm like, right, I need to push further as well, because I'm not yet where God wants me to be. Whereabouts are you? Weston Carrier was an amazing minister within the Acts Church movement, and um, there's this book here, the Acts Church movement in New Zealand, and there's, there's a book here called uh, Miracles in Aotearoa, this whole book is full of testimonies of people being healed in New Zealand right. through his ministry. Yeah. 
It is amazing. Um, I grew up in Tokoroa. My parents pastored the church there, and we used to have Western come and minister quite regularly. And I remember we were in, um, we went out to Mangakino, uh, which is 45 minutes from Tokoroa, so really in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we went out there one evening, and we had a healing meeting. And I distinctly remember, as a, as a 13 year old, so it was 1993, a guy came into the meeting, and his testimony's in here. Uh, his name was um, Stephen Guyange. He had, nine years earlier, had had a severe motorway accident and his left leg had been broken. He'd been in plaster for 10 months and it had, it had never healed properly. And in the end, his left leg was 2.2 centimetres shorter than his right leg. And I remember as, as, a, as a teenager looking and seeing his left shoe built up by that much. It was, it was amazing. Um, Weston, so got him there, got him in the seat and we all gathered around and as Weston prayed for him, his leg lengthened and became exactly the same length as the other one. He had never been able to walk in bare feet since that time because it was just so out of balance and a severe pain in his back. And he was completely healed. And I remember watching him walk out that night holding his shoes because he couldn't wear them anymore because then he'd be off balance. He walked out in bare feet that night. It was awesome. And yeah, that story's in here. There are there are so many stories of miracles. When he was in hospital, he, he passed away in 2014. When he was in hospital, the last person he prayed for was a man who was in there who was waiting on a double lung transplant. And Weston prayed for him, and he was completely healed, much to the doctor's um, confusion, and he was taken off the transplant list and went home. That was just so cool. And then Weston passed away, I think it was the next day. God can do miracles. Weston wore hearing aids. Hmm. Healing evangelists who wore hearing aids. Why didn't God heal him of hearing, of deafness? Don't know. Mystery. But he did not let that stop him at all. There are stories in here of deaf ears being opened. Just as he preached, someone had their, their deaf ear was completely healed. Another guy who had been deaf in an ear for 12 years from having an accident where boiling water was thrown on him. Um, and so he was, he was completely deaf in his left ear, completely healed as Weston prayed for him. Weston did not let any disappointment stop him from praying and believing for people, for miracles. So, so where are you at? What, what, what's stopping you from praying? What's stopping you from praying for the sick? Can you let go of the disappointments of the past, hand over to mystery and say, okay, God, I'm in this and I know that you can do miracles through me. So I'm going to invite Riss and Kit up now. Um, Riss and Kit have just been over to uh, Brazil with a healing, um, being on the healing ministry team with uh, Randy Clark, who has big meetings over there. Um, so come on up, guys, and we're going to hear some of the testimonies of, um, of, of miracles that they saw over there. So we'll start with you. Right, so one of the nights that we were praying, there were... We were in churches of about two and a half thousand people and um, this one night this lady came up and she had eight years earlier she'd had surgery on her neck and her shoulder and she'd had metal pins put in her shoulder to stabilize everything and she couldn't lift her arm above this level as well as that due to the surgery and everything that whatever had happened I never found that out she had numb feet 
And so she had no feeling whatsoever on her, in her feet. Sometimes she'd trip over. You can imagine not having feeling. You, you just wouldn't, you'd trip over. And so I prayed for her. She got a little bit of movement after the first prayer. She just went up a little bit higher. And then I prayed again, and the power of God hit her. She had heat. Oh, here I go. She had heat go through her body. She was hot. She was fanning herself. It's hot. It's hot. And then she tested again, and she could lift her arm right up to the top. And she's like, oh, I haven't been able to do this. I haven't been able to do this. And she could move fine. And then I said, right, let's pray for your feet. Oh, no, you don't need to do that. They got healed when you prayed for my shoulder. It's like, really? Wow, that's cool. So, yeah, we saw, saw lots of healings. Um, one, one of the things they did, got us to do was to give words of knowledge as a team. There was about 60 of us, and we all had to line up on the stage. Um, if you didn't have one, you just said pass, and it moved to the next person. And through the service, I'd had this um, pain in my knee, and so I was like, okay, I'll give a word of knowledge about that. And then about two people before the mic got to me, I had this sharp pain go down the front of my leg and into my ankle, and I was like, oh, do I change? Because we were only allowed to give one. And I was like, do I change word or what do I do? And so I stuck with the knee. And then I was praying. And then what happened was people were to come into your line if they had the condition that you had said. And so I had all these people with knees. And then I got one lady and she came up and she goes, I don't have a knee, but I've got pain down here and into my ankle. And I was just out of 60 people, she chose to go into my line, even though I hadn't given the word. But I had the faith. I said, I know that God wants to heal you tonight because I've had that word um, and so we prayed, and nothing happened. Um, and it was like, and she didn't feel anything. And while I was praying, I felt um, unforgiveness. And I'm working through a translator who doesn't do very well at the um, translating, and so it was difficult to find out what had happened. But sometimes when you have an accident, there's, um, you have to go back and forgive um, the person, or it might even be an object, um, might be a cow or whatever that was involved that you might have to go back and forgive. And so I said to her, what happened? How did the accident happen? And all I could get back was she tripped over walking into her house. And I was like, well, that's not very clear enough. I don't know what to do there. So I just said, is there anyone you need to forgive? And immediately she had somebody, and I got the translator to help her through that. Um, and we prayed again, and then the power of God hit her. Before we'd prayed, I'd got her to stand. So what she couldn't do, um, she'd, so she'd had the accident a year ago, and she'd had six months from what I understand, being in a moon boot or crutches, um, and she was unable to stand on her toes, um, and she couldn't run, um, she couldn't wear heels, which was really bothering her. Um, and um, so I got her to do it before we prayed, and she was shaky, I had to hold her. Um, after we prayed, she stood there, no worries, could stand on both of her feet, um, and yeah, was completely healed. So... One of the last nights, I had a guy come up, his name was Howdy, and he had hearing aids in both ears, he couldn't hear, and he had lost his hearing three years before he started to lose the hearing in one ear, and then the other one started not long after that. And so without his hearing aids, he could hear a little bit of garbled sound, like way in the background, but that was it. And so... I asked if he was a Christian, and he said, yes, he was, but that he wasn't going to any church at the moment. 
So I started to pray for him, asked him to check it after I'd prayed, and he had like a little bit of improvement in his hearing. He could hear a little bit better. And so I went to pray for him again, and this time I really felt that I needed to pray into disease in his ears. And as I started to pray against disease, it was like from the neck up, he went crazy. He started thrashing his head everywhere. I had to take a step back because he almost headbutted me. And I knew right then that what was going on was a demonic um, manifestation. Manifestation, thank you. And in that moment, I've never, I've heard about it. I've never experienced it in person like that. And so I kind of thought, um, I don't really know what to do here. We had been through a bit of training, but I just couldn't remember. And so I said to my translator, I need you to go find another global person right now. So he went away, he hunted for another global team member who was free. Meanwhile, the thrashing kind of calmed down a little bit, but he was not there. So for about two or three minutes, while the translator was getting the other team member, he was gone. His eyes were closed, you could not bring him back. And so translator brought Derek back. And he, I explained to him what had happened, what we'd done, and that I needed help, please. <laughs> and um, so then Howdy kind of came too. And so Derek said to him through the translator, are you a Christian? So he asked the same question that I'd asked at the beginning. And this time Howdy said, I'm far, far from God. So then through the translator, we led him to Christ. He gave his heart to Jesus. And the tears, the emotion on his face, the joy that he had. It was like all that demonic, all that power that it had, it was gone, it was broken because Jesus is powerful. Mm. Jesus is more. Mm. And then we were able to pray again. And this time healing happened straight away. He got complete freedom. His deafness was gone. He had his hearing aids in his hand. He didn't need them. And when we whispered behind his ears, he could hear. Mm. Awesome. Thank you, Kit and Russ. They've got so many more stories, so you need to go have a chat with them. Um, and it isn't just for overseas, like you heard right at the start with the, um, the, the moon boot at Hamilton Boys High School this week, completely healed. It's like God is doing stuff, which is exciting. So I've got, where, where do we go from here? I've got a couple of um, action points for you, some, some thoughts around how do I take another step along the scale? How do I take this and go... I need to step more into what God has for me. So here's a couple of things. The first one, if you're in that spot of skepticism, repent of skepticism. Take it to God. Take it to God and say, Lord, when I hear these testimonies, something inside me just goes, really, God, you need to break this off of me. The, it's this, the world's, all the world's um, sources of truth of what it says is possible is clouding my mind where I can't believe in faith anymore. God, take this off me and help me to believe in faith. 
So that'd be, if you're in that spot, like for me, I, like I said, just a few years ago, seeing posts online of some friends who were praying for the sick, and I was, skepticism was just rising up to God, so take it to God. Next one I'd say would be, don't claim you have a thorn in your flesh. If you have something in your body that you need healing of, and you've been prayed for and you haven't been healed, then people go off to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 9, with Paul with his thorn in the flesh, and they say, well, I guess I've got a thorn in my flesh. Here's what Paul did. Paul sought God earnestly and heard God three times say, my grace is sufficient for you. So until you have sought God passionately and heard God clearly say to you, I'm not going to heal you. My grace is sufficient for you. Three times, don't claim the bad theology of a thorn in your flesh because what you're really saying is, I'm choosing not to have faith anymore. How can God heal you if you're choosing to walk away from faith? So instead, don't claim a thorn in your flesh. It's bad theology. There have been so many examples of people who have been prayed for many, many, many times and not get healed, and then get prayed for again and get healed. So hold on to faith instead of choosing not to believe. Next one I'll say is build your faith. Read testimonies. There's this, the book that we talked about. It is packed full of testimonies of God healing people. It's amazing. Um, I've been, this week I've been reading on smithwigglesworth.com. There are so many amazing stories there about Smith Wigglesworth's life. Look up some of the people that God has used amazingly. Um, Amy Semple McPherson, also in the early 1900s. Incredible. No one else has had the secular media write about, her, about miracles more than Amy Semple McPherson. It's, it's incredible. So, so build your faith. Read testimonies. Next one I'd say would be Read miracles in the book of Acts. And what I'd say is, when you do this, look specifically at how they prayed for the sick. Because you read the Gospels and you're like, yeah, but that was Jesus, he was God. Okay, so go to the book of Acts. I've read through every miracle in the book of Acts, and it's really interesting what you find, because they don't, here's a little, little um, spoiler, they don't plead God for healing. They don't plead with God for healing. Oh, they, they may pray and say, God, please heal, but then they command with authority again and again. Now, it's not, a, it's not a perfect pattern. It's not a rigid law that you have to follow, but go and read through sometime this week or in the next couple of weeks. Read through every miracle in the book of Acts and observe how they prayed for the sick. And finally, pray for the sick. <laughs> pray for people. Pray with authority. Speak to the sickness and command it to go in Jesus' name because Jesus has given us authority. So Jesus wants us to move in the authority and command the sickness to go, command the healing to come and ask. You heard with, the, with um, Kit and Riss when they shared, they asked how it was. If you pray for someone and then don't actually ask how they are, you didn't actually believe they were going to get healed. Did you? So, it's scary because I've done it and it's still scary most times. But pray for someone and then ask, well, how are you? Test it out. If, if they can test it out, ask. Because same with the moon boot at Hamilton Boys High. They had to pray a number of times. How did they know that he'd get healed after the third time? They didn't. They just kept asking. And if he wasn't healed completely, they prayed again. So ask. And so, so 
take the opportunities to, to pray. Because the only way we get testimonies is if we actually ask them if they're healed. Otherwise, you're not going to have any testimonies to share. So those are my encouragements on, on things that we can do to take these steps down the road. And it's scary, but that's okay. And if you pray for people and they don't get healed, give it to God in mystery. But know that God heals and God wants to heal through us and God wants to heal you. So maybe one of your steps is if you've stopped believing for something, would you be willing to believe again? Would you be willing to say, okay, God, I'm open to prayer? Maybe it's too big. Okay, pick something smaller. Pick something little. Say, God, I need you to heal this. So what can you do to actually open yourself up again to faith and say, I'm going to believe that God heals today. God can heal me and God can heal others through me. We're going to have the team come again now, the band, and lead us in a song. And as we do, how about we take some moments to do business with God? And as they play, uh, if you have any need of healing in your body, come up the front. We've got Riss, Kit, myself, and the prayer ministry team. We're happy to pray for people for healing today. There we go. Cool. Thank you, team. you would like prayer, come forward now. continue to sing, continue to reach your hearts out to these people because they're believing for a miracle. Um, 
wherever you're standing, we don't have to just sing a song. We can worship God. We can believe and, and I guess come into agreement that God is in the place of doing miracles this morning. And that these people that are needing miracles this morning, that God can do it. And if you're still sitting in your seat and thinking, maybe I should be up there, but I don't want to go, really encourage you. Step out, take that step of faith and allow God to meet you where you're at. You don't have to have faith to be healed. Lazarus was dead. He didn't have faith to be brought back to life. He was dead. Yeah? So if you don't have faith, that's okay. Let us stand with you in faith and let God do a miracle this morning. here for prayer, please, please wait for someone to pray with you. We're going to close the service there. Wasn't that fantastic? How about you give Josh a hand? How about you give God a hand? Awesome. He is good. He's a healing God. Yes. So thank you, church, for 
coming today. Thank you for gathering together today. And thank you, church, for giving. I declare blessing upon the church, upon the givers. In Jesus' name, I declare blessing upon the finances. In Jesus' name. If you have children um, here at all, then don't forget to sign them out. You better take them home with you. (laughs) But also, um, if you do have kids, then the take-home question this week is find a way to bless someone this week. Find a way to bless someone this week. So have fun doing that. And also, Pastor Trevor is going to be speaking tonight, 6pm, and I have a feeling it may just continue on fantastically. So don't miss tonight. I, I think he's going to be sharing something about spirituality. Do you feel controlled? Sounds interesting, doesn't it? So 6pm, we'd love to see you here. You get to sleep in tomorrow. Enjoy. Please come forward if you would like prayer. Have a great day.